What is up, everybody? It's Dr. Vibe, your host and producer of the award-winning Dr. Vibe show. As always, I like to say you're blessed, highly favored, a magnet for miracles, and a solution for someone's problem. Check it out. But this isn't a Dr. Vibe show, so I messed up. I'm human. This is something you have to check out every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time called Black Man from the North of the 49th. This is me. And to my um, on my screen to my right, Black Man from south of the 49th, Kinte Ferguson. What is going on, Kinte? Man, I'm doing really good, man. I had a great weekend uh, with my family. Uh, been working on a lot of stuff. And just this is a great way to end it right here absolutely absolutely and uh thank you to the get vocal platform for highlighting our conversation as the anchor or one of the anchors i think the anchor probably the anchor since we're the last uh program block on their soul sundays and uh we're gonna make sure we bring it we have a, a special friend with us tonight Dwayne. what is going on Dwayne? hey how you guys doing good to have you what's been going on with you what's going on oh man um Continuing the the marathon, free uh, Wayne Williams. Um, not only still uh, continuing to work on that case in the Atlanta child murders and the fight for freedom for Wayne Williams, but also um, now involved with another case uh, that I will be bringing a lot to the uh, public awareness about these individuals that were brought under a, a RICO conspiracy indictment. Um, from a street organization called Growth and Development. And um, it's commonly known also as the Gangster Disciples, but it's a, a street gang that started out with a lot of uh, street activity and they ended up changing their whole message and getting involved in community activism and things of that nature. And um, right now I'm representing uh, a brother by the name of uh, Manguaro Siddiqui Israel, commonly known as Brother Is, who's facing a 30-year uh, federal charge in a RICO conspiracy. And basically, they're criminalizing a whole bunch of men for crimes that they had nothing to do with. So it's uh, something that is very near and dear to me because of the fact that um, we're dealing in a situation where legal precedents get set to criminalize uh, certain segments of society and the language that gets used are, are things that we need to be made aware of you know so uh, I won't go too far down that road but I definitely want to talk to y'all tonight about that and uh, I'll be definitely in touch with Kente and I'll probably be tagging you on the posts and things of that nature thank you appreciate media. that um, just Much appreciate. go ahead, Kente. Um, and also, we'll we'll bring this back around. Is there any way that if somebody wants to give money, um, is there some sort of a fund or anything to help this? Or have you started one yet? Or is there some way that if somebody wants hears the story and they want to um, uh, do it in that way, is there something set up yet? Actually, uh, there is. I'm not. Um, because this is something that I've just been brought into the mix and we haven't had a formal meeting on it yet but there is a website that's already built and um, again like uh, whenever you guys want I can bring um, not only myself but the other sister that's working on the case with me and we could bring all of that to you guys so okay. you guys will be um, 
you know, well aware and will know how to support all the efforts moving forward. Wonderful. And and I just want to say, um, and please uh, add if I leave something out about Brother Dwayne. Dwayne is a hip hop artist. Yes. A boxing trainer. Yes. An activist. Right. Yes. Uh, author. Yes. And filmmaker. Yes. And have I left anything out? Um, few things. Dad. <laughs> few things. <laughs> you go. You go. You go. Most important, the dad. Pops, but, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing. Also, um, it's in. I'm in the works with talking to some people about actually doing a tell-all docu-series about the Atlanta child murders as well. Excellent. So it'll it'll be. It'll be the first time that something of this magnitude has been done um, that will be uh, as groundbreaking as it will be because it won't be something that we'll be telling down the middle. We'll be absolutely telling the whole story as to why people should know that Wayne Williams was uh, conspired against from day one, even before he, he knew that he was a suspect. It was already in the mix. You know, so there are things that uh, myself and others have uncovered that he wasn't even aware of up until recently, like the last 48 hours. So it's an exciting time. I remember, and this shows you how important it is to tell our stories and having media that reflects the truth, is I was talking to someone, uh, a Caucasian gentleman, and I was telling him about Wayne Williams, and he was saying, you know, I, I... I think that man did it. I, I mean, I saw Mine Hunters, and they were saying, and I'm sitting there like, it's a Hollywood TV show, bro. You know, yeah. that's not even <laughs> like, but that's where they get their information from, right? Is right. is from Hollywood. So they said on right. Mine Hunters, so it got to be true, right? right. So right. you know, or you know, or even you know, the, the podcast that just came out a couple of years ago, where I I, I I met you from it. Um, as well so it's important for us to tell our own stories and that's one thing me and Dr. Vibe try to do you know so if 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 the general public if it was the general consensus amongst the general public how important having our own media outlets and being able to control our own narratives truthfully is we would understand so many different things um, spiritually, psychologically, mentally, I mean, across the board about ourselves, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so tonight, man, we have a great topic, and this is something that I've been wanting to do this with you, um, especially because it it's something that's current, right, that we're talking about, yeah. but it's something that goes way back as well and in order for us to really explain to people what we're talking about you have to give some history as well right and um so the main topic is it's false or fake activism and you know one we had a, a really nice lengthy conversation earlier and we were talking about how you know the the average person who's well meaning especially in our community they see these people on television that been given to us and they assume, you know, they like what they're saying because most of the things sound good, but they don't understand where they come from 
what they really truly represent and what the end game is. And there's been a long history of the powers that be giving us our leaders who don't necessarily reflect our best interests. And um, we talked about even going back to Marcus Garvey. And and, um, I I really wanted to, uh, um, if you want to do that as a starting point. Me? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, Well, yeah, uh, I think it was, I'm not sure whether it was Karl Marx or um, Vladimir Lenin, but uh, the tenets of communism um, have an origin in Zionism. And one of them was quoted as saying, we will control our enemies by controlling their leaders. Mm -hmm. I believe it was Lenin. Yeah, Lenin. I I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that people don't know about Vladimir Lenin is that he was half Jewish. Mm-hmm. You know, just as Karl Marx was, you mm-hmm. know. So um, going into the whole Russian Revolution, it was all a setup to instill communism in that region of the world and to usurp uh, the Romanov dynasty, right? So we, if we understood these methods of propaganda um, and taking the conversation into what you and I talked about earlier with Marcus Garvey, um, one of the one of the um, common misconceptions about Marcus Garvey um, is that he became this arrogant person, and once he got to the uh, position that he got in leadership, that um, his fall was based on the fact that he was arrogant and egotistical. And truthfully, what um, most people don't know is that uh, he had. Um, First, he was betrayed by his own driver, um, you know, which people don't really know that. Um, Secondly, uh, the person who was working on his ship that I forget the name of the ship right now, slipping my mind, but the the ship that was going to take the people from America to Liberia, he was purposely breaking the ship so that it would cost uh, Marcus Garvey these uh, enormous repair prices Mm -hmm. right and then third uh, the biggest thing that people don't know about what happened to Marcus Garvey is that um, Haile Selassie who was uh, Ethiopian uh, ruler basically was positioned globally to be able to nullify the numbers that the UNIA had amassed Mm -hmm. So um, what people need to think about is how did uh, in that particular time period, we talking about the late 1800s, correct? Right. How did people in Jamaica learn of who Emperor Haile Selassie was? There Mm -hmm. wasn't radio, there wasn't television, you know, so how did all of these people in Jamaica learn about Haile Selassie and him become the emperor and him be the lion of Judah, the return of Judah. And what people don't seem to get or realize is that Jamaica, where Rastafari and Jah Rastafari grew so rapidly, is the home of Marcus Mosiah Garvey. Right. You know, so this was deliberately done to 
confuse the movement. And this has happened so many times, um, even with movements that were created, <laughs> right? And funded by people outside of our community. Right. You know, uh, when you look at the beginning of the great Dr. Martin Luther King's career in activism, um, he, along with Rosa Parks, are implanted in the middle of the civil rights movement that had already begun in the Mississippi Delta with Mega Evers and Fannie Lou Hamer. Mm-hmm. Right? In comes this young, little-known, charismatic <laughs> preacher from Atlanta, mm-hmm. right, who knows how to give these soul-stirring messages, and all of a sudden, the civil rights movement is being led by this guy, and nobody ever asks, okay, who are you, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. You know? And, I mean, he he's a product of Morehouse College. Morehouse was named after... Uh, John Morehouse, who was uh, the doctor for the Rockefeller family. Right. Spellman was named after um, Spellman Rockefeller, mm-hmm. who was John Rockefeller's first wife. Right. You know, so um, when we get into uh, what has truthfully happened to us in so many different instances, we have always had puppets thrown in front of us that truthfully are there to just be talking heads but no real action that would be anything that would be a semblance of a real solution gets taken you know um some that i would also direct people to and you tell me if you agree is uh there was this great man who passed away in 2012 named steve coakley Yes. And Brother Steve Coakley, his work, everybody should study it. And right. a lot of people do study it, even outside of our community, too. They don't always quote him correctly or give him his credit. But oh, he right. did a lot of the groundwork on exposing our fake leaders in our communities. Right. And right. you know, and he started out on, on the inside. Yes. And then he came to find out that the people around him wasn't what they, what they reported to be. So, um, I mean, we could do a whole show on Steve Coakley's work, um, but um, he's somebody I, I, I often talk about. I mean, he's someone I would love to do a documentary on because right. his work is so seminal to our having the knowledge that we have now about how things really right. truly work. And um, and going back to Marcus Garvey, you had people like A. Philip Randolph, who um, I always, you know, as a young person, always saw him as you know, this great man, but then you find out more and more about him and you kind of have to challenge your, your thought process about him, right. you know, a Philip Randolph. And a lot of those, those guys, you know, really worked to undermine Marcus Garvey. And for those who don't know who Marcus Garvey was, Marcus Garvey was one of the greatest human beings that ever lived, you know, and I won't just say black people, like one of the greatest human right. beings that ever lived. And he was such a phenomenal leader. And if you think about the time in which he existed, what he was able to create, you know, from the Black Star Line, from having, you know, ships. You can't have ships now. 
and be black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This brother was, you know, in Jamaican. Hey, uh, shout out Dr. Vibe. He was a Jamaican. And uh, he was a uh, just this tremendous leader and scared the hell out of the, the system, you know? And they worked extra hard to bring him down. And uh, you notice they don't talk about him either. There's no movies about him. They I don't barely see any documentaries. I don't even know if there's a documentary uh, about Marcus Garvey. They almost want you. They don't even want you to know this brother existed. You right. know. So, um, but anyway, I, I wanted to, to get that in there. And I really believe that in the modern era, the Marcus Garvey movement taught them a lesson about. Yes. We can't let homegrown leaders yes. <laughs> grow up. Like Nat, I mean, they learned it from Nat Turner as well, as well as, uh, you know, um, uh, we can go back even farther than that. But in the modern era, I would say Marcus Garvey was like a big turning point. And that's when they really ramped up the notion of giving us, give it, we'll give you who your leader is. And that yes. leader will then, you know, They'll do some things that sound cool, you know, kind of spit in the eye of the man, but not really. Right. You know, so let me ask this question. When we talk about some of the leaders that we, you know, and this might hurt some feelings tonight because some people that we've grown to love, you know, uh, you may think differently or at least challenge the way you think about them tonight. Yeah. Do you feel like most of the, the... just in general, the false leaders, do they know they're being, they're false? Let's start there. Or are they being puppets and they don't realize to the degree of they're being used? We'll talk in a general sense. Some of them, some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of them start with pure intentions. Malcolm X, mm-hmm. you know, he, Malcolm X's biggest problem is he was really foolish and he really thought that he was really doing something that was uh, going to be beneficial for his people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you have certain members of the Black Panther Party that really uh, were legit. Fred Hampton was really legit. He was a 19 year old kid that was so powerful and so intelligent that he had actually uh, grown men leaving street gangs and joining the Black Panther Party. And even he was able to even bring forth unification amongst uh, rival gangs in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Bunchy Carter. Bunchy Carter, yeah. You know, was a, was another one. And what, what people need to understand, and like you said, uh, people forget their feelings hurt, but... I could fight, so I don't really care, you know, how people feel about it. But uh, Huey P. Newton was a plant um, from the very beginning. The man who uh, gave Huey P. Newton the philosophy that he ended up um, pushing was a man named um, Richard Aoki, who was an FBI informant and a CIA asset. And he actually um, funded the initial guns and everything for the Black Panther Party, you know. And they had funding from special interest groups that, um, you know, tie into a lot of the mind control mechanisms that were coming out of the Bay Area at that particular time. 
you had the Church of Satan, uh, which started in 1966, just as the Black Panther Party. You had um, the Process Church, MK Ultra, the Gay Rights Movement, or what we now know to be LBGT. You know, all of these things were coming out of the same area. Uh, Charles Manson had roots. Who Charles Manson was a CIA asset. Uh, Jim Jones had roots as well in that area. He was a CIA asset, you know. So uh, everything that took place in that particular time period, you know, um, it was basically a setup, really. And what it was doing was it was completely and totally obliterating all the momentum that had been garnered for the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Right. So even though what MLK started as, he started as a plant. But once he got to a certain point, he was no longer willing to be used in the way that he had been being used. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to uh, if you if you read some of his last writings and you listen to some of his last speeches, he was starting to talk about things like reparations. Right. You know, he was starting to talk against integration. Right. You know, so the Black Panther Party was all the way over here. Mm-hmm. And it was com- it was a complete and total polar opposite of what the civil rights movement entailed, which at that particular time seemed like it made so much sense to the younger generation so mm-hmm. what happens is the wisdom that gets garnered in this generation mm-hmm. right can no longer have a connection with this radicalism over here mm-hmm. so now it completely and totally severs any kind of uh diplomacy that could take place that could actually be something that would be beneficial for the next generation to actually have elders that they could come get good sound advice from. And that's why you saw so many, uh, when you look back at it, stupid things that were done by so many people that were connected to the Black Panther Party. And um, another person who is needs to be noted uh definitely as a big problem with the black panthers was eldridge cleaver mm-hmm. you know because he came in and as soon as he came in he started something called the peace and friendship movement mm-hmm. you know in my second book red pill alchemy um well actually in both of my books i always explain the connections the zionism mm-hmm. and they called Judaism the religion of Abraham, and Abraham was the one man with the three wives. Right. Right. The three women is always a three witch symbolism that they show when you look at Charlie's Angels, when you look at the witches of Eastwick, when you look at films in, in that regard, they show this symbolism. And with the Black Panther Party, you had Elaine Brown, Angela Davis, and Kathleen Cleaver along with Eldridge Cleaver. Right. You know, who was, that That was the, the main infiltration agent in the three women. Angela Davis um, 
helped set up and probably kill the most powerful person that helped build the military within the Black Panthers, who was the Soledad brother, uh, George Jackson. Right. Right. Um, George Jackson and his little brother were basically killed. Um, and Angela Davis had a huge hand in what took place with what, what happened with them. Um, it's interesting, uh, Angela Davis, just as a side note, has uh, resurfaced in a way where, you know, they're pumping her back up again. And I, I see a lot of sisters who they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like Angela Davis. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, like they don't know. Right. They just don't know. Right. You know, I'm right. like, you know, they don't even know about what she says publicly that flies in the face of uh, our community as well. So, I mean, you don't have to just take our words for it. You can listen to her words. Um, and um, you, she's not somebody that you would want to uh, be like, <laughs> you know. Correct. So, I, but I know a lot of a lot of sisters. They love Angela Davis, and that, they think about that wanted poster. Uh, you know, and it's you know that's that image signed by uh, J. Edgar Hoover, by the way. Uh, that that wanted poster. So, um, you know, and I, I always tell people, man, you, you know, I, I feel for people who you know they work hard you know they have children they want to they want to be political they want to be pro black but right. then they don't really know you know they they see black lives matter and it seems like that's the movement right to right. get to hook your wagon to and stuff like that and then right. but then you have uh um is she like can it, <laughs> is she like Candace Owens? That's funny. Uh, Javier just asked, is uh, Angela Davis like Candace Owens? Um, Way worse. Way yeah. Worse. Yeah. She got people murdered. Right. And then Candace Owens, to her credit, if you want to give her credit, she doesn't masquerade who she is. <laughs> like, you know exactly what who she is and what she's about. So there's right. no confusion there about who she is. Whereas right. I would say someone like an Angela Davis there's so much uh, distortion of who yeah. she is and what she really truly is about. Right. So, it, you know, but that's it. That, I mean, that's a good question though, uh, Javier. Um, right. You know, it's a good way to think, but it's almost like people like the Candace Owens who I can't stand. One thing I appreciate about them though, is the fact that they're in the light of who they are. So, right. you know, you know, you just, like I said, there's the confusion that's not there. So, whereas these other folks that that are given to us, they really do a lot of f fraudulent things that make you feel like they're a part of, you know, right. some sort of black movement. And should we be looking at, just as a side note, the ones that didn't survive the 60s hmm. versus the ones that survived and still are going... Um, should we be looking at that as some sort of gauge on possibly their authenticity? Um, definitely when you, when you look at, uh, when, for instance, if we go back to the Black Panthers, um, you know, uh, shout out to the sister, uh, divine love to Asada Shakur. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see that, uh, 
they still have a death warrant for her, even though it's been proven that she wasn't the person that committed the crime that she was accused of, mm-hmm. right? And um, she ended up being able to get away. By the way, who had it been up to Reverend Al Sharpton, <laughs> tried to set her up, mm-hmm. and um, she almost told him where she was, and had she done that, she would be in prison or dead right now. But she was wise enough not to let Al Sharpton know where she was because Al Sharpton was an FBI informant. Mm-hmm. It's been proven too, by the you way. know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been proven, you know, by a few others, mm-hmm. you know, um, as well. Uh, it's been proven. Um, I mean, Elaine Brown basically admitted that she was she was trained by a CIA handler. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to show people even from interpersonal knowledge of things like this that I know, um, my granddad is Jimi Hendrix's first cousin, and Jimi Hendrix was not a heroin addict. Mm. He was poisoned. You know, he was poisoned, and there there were three women in his life, um, and a man, a man named Mike Jeffrey, who was his manager and he was trying to get Jimmy was trying to get away from this guy Mike Jeffrey and um, basically different things happened like one thing that happened was um, Jimmy was kidnapped and thrown in the trunk of a car Mm -hmm. you know and a fake a fake rescue was made and this guy Mike Jeffrey who was his manager and was also an MI6 agent um, MI6 is British intelligence you know um, Mike Jeffrey was an MI6 agent and he staged the whole kidnapping of Jimmy basically to say that you know like uh, you know these mafia guys they're so connected in the music industry and you need somebody like me to protect you mm-hmm. you know um, his uh, Jimmy's fiance uh, Monica Daneman you know, who supposedly uh, left him and came back or whatever, whatever, you know, um, you know, for all practical purposes, um, this is the Wayne Hendricks saying this, um, you know, I think she's the person who poisoned him, mm-hmm. you know, and then he also, uh, he also had two other women that were kind of like his sexual witches. Mm-hmm. that were around him that were learning all of the nuances of who he was as a man what drugs he did like what drugs he didn't like what alcohol he liked to drink so on and so forth and some of the things that people thought that happened to Jimmy that were based on um, him being drunk, uh, a drug addict were completely and totally false and one particular time he had to leave a stage show because PCP was put in his drink Mm. while he was backstage you know so these are these are the type of things that you know uh we don't seem to go do our due diligence to to research and find out about and these are all verifiable too by the way yeah yeah Yeah. and i'm telling you i'm telling you as a hendrix i'm the person who ended up bringing this to my family Mm. Mm -hmm. right you know a whole generation and a half removed of his untimely demise, I'm the person who basically had to educate my family on what happened to our family member for real. 
you know. So, I got a question. Yes. I, um, so, Dwayne, question for you, and thank you for the thought process and the information. Compare black activism in the 1960s mm-hmm. to black activism of today. Hmm. What are the differences? Is it is it better today? Is it less than today? Because we're in another time right now where black activism is out there. It's very, it's really right. hard right now. But with you have, from my impression, you have a great knowledge of the activism of the 1960s, when was which right. was the last real time, at least in North American society, black activism had something to fight for. They were fighting for civil rights. Right. Can you compare from where you sit black activism of the 1960s to black activism in 2020? It's no difference because it's all misdirected and it's all misguided. And uh, if, if you load your weapons and you don't aim them at the right person, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, so... Um, the the names and faces change <laughs> and the methodology changes um, but the playbook is still the same we're going to make sure we give a platform to the person that we're controlling and we're going to make that person the visible person right so that the people who actually are doing things that are potentially beneficial and have the right vision and the right mindset to actually be able to affect change, we're going to make sure that we give a greater audience to the one that we have control of. Mm-hmm. You know? Controlled opposition. So, so, so let then let me ask you, if, especially for 2020, what what direction do you feel black activists activists should be aiming at and what are they aiming at right now from where you sit what are they aiming at right now compared to what they should be aiming at great question okay um and that's a good question and there's see these things become layered answers right so one of the things that's very important is it's so imperative for people to understand is that we're trying to fight a physical war that's not our war to fight we are trying to have revolution when we are in the time of revelation. Right? Say that again. And That's we, a knowledge bomb right there. Drop right, it. Right. right. We, are, we are at a time where we are seeing a system of oppression destroy itself from the inside out. Right? So when we learn of uh, all of these heinous things that the Clintons have been involved with, when we learn the things like uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, Mother Teresa, and uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, all of these people were involved with international child trafficking and human trafficking for years and years and years and years. When we begin to see these sorts of things where these iconic people, you know, are being exposed, and they're not being exposed from by Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm. Right, you understand? right. They're not being exposed by people from our community. They're being exposed by other people that look like them. Right. You understand? 
So we're trying to engage in a war and trying to be involved with universal karma that's not upon us. So sometimes you have to step out of the way and let certain things take place. And you just watch the show. You mm-hmm. understand? So... So, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to interrupt you. That's a very interesting point right there. So here here's a question for you. Are you so you have an upcoming election in the United States in November? I live in Canada. We're watching. We're watching. Mm-hmm. Based on what you just said right now, should do you advocate black Americans voting in the next election or just stay back and watch America do what it's doing to itself? All right, my my real answer is that I don't vote, right? Because I know that ELEG has an S in front of it. Select. (laughs) You understand it's a selection process, right? And see, what has happened is that, excuse the language, but this shit show that we've been watching for so long is... It's at an unprecedented point because now you have to make a decision between the the quote-unquote sexist, racist Trump and the senile pedophile. <laughs> right. Who's also, who's also equally as racist. Right. But the people know, don't realize that. He he's right. has a long history of it. Correct. Correct. Um, Joseph Biden has taking place, uh, I mean, he's taking part in legislation that has been passed that has criminalized so many people from our community. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the person who actually authored what was called the Omnibus Anti-Terrorism Act, which was the precursor for 9-11, which was a means to be able to label anybody that they decided to label a terrorist in America. Right? And now what has happened to take it a step further, they have created another precedence with something called the BIE, which is the Black Identity Extremist. So now with the people who take a stance towards militants and things of that nature, you could very easily be caught up in this particular indictment in which I know personally some people um, from the Dallas Fort Worth area, a group of brothers that uh, called themselves Guerrilla Mainframe. They were some former veterans, and they started a group that was basically teaching um, survival skills, right, weapons training, and physical fitness to a group, uh, a, a grassroots group in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And they got infiltrated by that dude named Micah X, who supposedly killed those police officers in Dallas, mm-hmm. which was which was a fake false flag uh, incident, mm-hmm. right? Um, he supposedly went into this apartment building, and they sent a robot into the apartment and blew up the apartment and all of this stuff that they put on the news. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the Dallas. I lived in the Dallas Fort Worth area at that particular time. I knew people that lived in that part of Dallas and none of that stuff that they said was going on was actually going on. 
mm-hmm. right? And um, the reason it becomes important is because this particular guy, Micah X, come to find out that he had ties to um, to uh, he he was a person who infiltrated this group, and one of the brothers, a man named Rakim Burgalore, came under this indictment, which was called the BIE. He eventually beat the charges, but all he did was went on his Facebook page and he basically said, you know, he commended the brother for taking action against a uh, tyrannical oppressive force, which was the police in Dallas, uh, Texas. He, he, The next thing he knows, he's getting waking up in his home and the feds is kicking his door at five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, the BIE is interesting because that happened and people kind of underplayed the importance of that. And that's one of the biggest things that we just kind of, you know, I mean, like people were like, oh, that's a thing. But they didn't realize how big of a thing that is. A big of a deal. Yeah. Right. See, the, 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 the people who set these precedents. They already understand things that we don't know about ourselves spiritually, right? And what we don't understand is we don't understand time. So uh, in my book, Supreme Science, I explained that um, the people that were born in my generation from 1960 to 1980 were called Generation X. And then from 1980 to 2000 was Generation Y. And from 2000 to 2020 was Generation Z. And that's why they gave us a film, World War Z. Mm. Right? And in that film, these zombies woke up and started killing everybody. Mm -hmm. You know? So much so that they were being triggered by music. Right, right, right. If you remember... In the film, yeah, and the only place that was prepared for the quote-unquote zombie apocalypse in the film was Jerusalem. They had built the wall around Jerusalem, if you remember. And once they started playing the music that was supposedly celebratory music, the zombies learned how to cl- uh, climb up each other's backs. They climbed over the wall and they destroyed the village, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. You know... That was all metaphorical, of course, but what that was saying was basically that their rule and their dominance on this planet is over. Mm-hmm. And, you know? and just as a side note, Max Brooks, who wrote it, who's uh, who's um, Mel Brooks' son, uh, I've heard him out of his mouth talk about his ties to the military and to the government and how they called right. him in to do scenarios and stuff and all of that kind Correct. of stuff. So. You know, right. I mean, and this ain't like some kind of conspiracy theory. This is out of his own mouth. So, right. you know, sometimes and, they tell the truth right to you, your right. face, you know. Yeah, and for, for the listening audience, so they know, um, I entered the United States Air Force in 1984, 1994. I'm about to give myself a whole nother 10 years. 1994, and um, upon my first job classification, I had to passed what's called a TSSSBI, Top Secret Single Scope Background Investigation. 
So that was for me to be able to even enter into the military to work my first duty station. And then by the time I was out of the military in four years, I had a, uh, a mass what's called a TSSCI clearance. You understand? So um, I'm aware of things um, from, like you said, an insider's point of view on a lot of different levels. There are things that I was uh, privy to in the military that if I said in any type of public forum, I'm going Leavenworth for. You mm -hmm. understand? So um, I'm definitely consciously aware of what is done and how it's done. What what I suggest that um, everybody watch and do is is watch a film called Wag the Dog. Great movie. You know, that to me, um, if if people watch that film, they will understand so many different things about propaganda and they will understand so many things about false flags and things that get perpetuated right in front of our eyes in the news media that, I mean, are complete and total falsehoods and fabrications and they get perpetuated in front of us because there are certain precedents that always have to be set for us to accept the agenda. You understand? It's, it's very important that people um, be mindful. I, I say this to people all the time. Um, I have no religion, but I study all religions. And um, my favorite passage in the Quran, uh, it says shaitan, which is how they say Satan. Um, shaitan will make evil fair seeming. And what that means is that the devil, <laughs> metaphorical devil, will create a mechanism, right, that will make you do their bidding for them. You go along with the agenda that they cre create for you willingly. Mm -hmm. They make evil fair seem. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, we we could talk about the women's live movement. We could talk about the civil rights movement. We could talk about the Black Panther Party. We could talk about Jesse Jackson and Operation Push. We could talk about all of these different things. And I could just systematically break you down, break it down to you and show you what was done and how it was done and, and the purpose for it. Let me give uh, let me give a, another um, thing to add to it. Um, as far as references, because people always want to re references. Um, I know you know about this. Uh, most people know about the COINTELPRO. Right. And the revelations that came out and stuff. But right. uh, very little people know about the Black Desk and that yes. uh, in the interview with Darthar Perry, right. who was an ap right. operative of, he was a black operative of this thing called the Black Desk. Right. Where his job was basically to infiltrate black organizations and we're not talking about like an organization like the Panthers where you could say there's some kind of paralegal uh, military type thing we're talking about community organizations people right. that all they want to do is teach pe black people how to write and to you know act and stuff and right. um, he famously burnt he claimed that he he was the one that burnt down the uh, the watch writers workshop if you from out here and you're of a certain age you know how important 
that was to the community. Right. And he right. did, he gave this interview talking about how, you know, I mean, it's creepy as hell, especially if you don't understand anything about it. And it's on YouTube. It's, it's all over the place. So you can see this interview with this guy named Darthard Perry, uh, yes. where he's breaking down and that guy disappeared right after that interview. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so we don't yeah, know what happened that. to that brother. We can only right. speculate, but, um, he, um, he breaks it down What you know, right. so another, another cat is, uh, Miri Baraka. Mm, okay. And right now his son is actually, I want to say he's a mayor or, uh, state representative or something like that in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You know, the cat even had a song with, uh, I think he did a song with Lauren Hill or uh, NDI or something like that. But his dad, Amiri Baraka, was a FBI. He was a rat. Mm-hmm. You know, another one is um, Julio Butler mm-hmm. right there in L.A. Mm-hmm. He, he ended up being involved. Um, he was involved with uh, one of those real big black churches out there, like uh, Dr. Price's church, or one of them real big churches. Yeah. But he was he was a uh, he was an FBI informant, and he helped get a lot of the good brothers that was in the Panthers jammed up in prison time. Yeah, you know, um, something else that I'm bringing um, into the mix in my next book that people need to be aware of is something called U.S. PatCon, hmm. okay. which is United States Patriot Conspiracy, and this is another Cointel pro-life program that was designed for Caucasians. Hmm. Guess who was involved in U.S. PetCon? A man named Timothy McVeigh. Hmm. Okay. You know. It's deep, man. Yeah. You know. You you know what I noticed though, and you can speak on this, is uh that it seems like bloodlines are very important when it comes to a lot of this. You when you start looking at the connections, you see a lot of it connected on on all sides through bloodlines and I remember every once in a while they'll kind of tell you that Obama is related to Brad Pitt or you know what I'm saying or uh, who was he Dick Cheney or something and then you find out that a lot of these people who are supposed to be activists when you look at their bloodline they're connected somehow they're related somehow to people you would be kind of surprised and um, so what's the whole thing with the bloodlines Um, basically, uh, when you, when you get into a lot of these different things, you have to understand that, um, in ancient times, right, we learned that sometimes a Pharaoh may marry his sister, right? Something that people need to know, two children coming out of the same womb, was that's something different. But if they had the same dad and different moms, it was looked at 
completely and totally different in those times. But what has happened is a lot of the things that we once did in ancient times are being used and perpetuated against us and they are they have been made to look evil or look bad while the people who try to or strive to keep power they use these principles mm-hmm. right so the whole deal with the bloodlines is, is really very simple when you understand that um like you talked about cointel pro right what was the main tenet of Corintel Pro? To do what? To stop the Black Messiah. Right. Stop the rise of a Black Messiah. Right. Mm-hmm. The word Messiah comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach. Mm. Okay. A Messa, and it means anointed. Mm-hmm. Right. And in ancient uh, Kemet, where this word first existed, as M A S. A Christ, Christ Messiah was one from a royal bloodline, hmm. right? That was anointed, mm, okay. right? So when we talk about what is actually being conveyed and what it truthfully means is quite simple. Uh, when we see uh, the son of for instance, uh, LeBron James, right? And we we see his son is playing high school basketball and everything else, and we see the thing that he's doing. It's no big surprise to people. Why? Because they know who his father is. Right. Right? Right. And then a thing that is taught in religion is that to say, when you see me, you see the father. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? If you remember the Lion King, when... Simba was out in the wilderness and Rafiki came to him and he said, he said, you know my dad? He said, he said, did you know my dad? He said, no, I know your dad. Right? Mm-hmm. And he was trying to tell Simba, he told Simba to go look in the water. And he said, I don't see nothing. He said, look again. When he looked again, he saw Mufasa's reflection in him. Mm-hmm. Right? So, this is just ancient spiritual teachings being perpetuated in a way that is now being used in a disagreeable manner and it's being used against us. Mm, okay. Do I understand? It's very important, though, for people to understand um, the depth of Barack Hussein. And that's the one that's going to hurt. <laughs> I mean this dude's this dude's uh mother was a CIA asset. The man who they say is his father was a CIA asset. His granddad, his mother's father was a CIA agent and cousin to George Bush senior. His stepdad was a man named Lolo Santoro who was basically the commandant of the um, East Asian hit squad for the CIA. He was a mass murderer. You know, this is this is his stepdad. 
you know. Yeah, that's what when you and, when you look into that stuff, man. It's it's eye opening. Yeah, right. And and when you when you just get into like what's transpiring right now and what is starting to manifest, like all of this stuff is is coming back on these people because of George Bush Senior and his evil deeds, really. And, and he ran like, the CIA too. For those who who don't remember or know right. that, he ran the CIA. Right. Yeah, right. and and had ties to not only the um, the Atlanta child murders, but also the uh, the situation in in uh, Mena, Arkansas, as well as the uh, Franklin cover up. If you go back, time. his name is throughout all of that. So yeah. you know, yeah. The, the Boys Town, Nebraska, um, the Franklin cover-up in which all of these children were being ritually abused and raped. Um, and this is and fact. This is not murders. conspiracy theory. This is facts. Right. Also, the Oakland County child murders that took place in North Fox Island outside of Detroit. Um, the, uh, the abduction of... Uh, What's the kid's name? Who was the paper boy? Johnny Gosh. Johnny Gosh. He was the first person that was ever displayed on a milk cart. Johnny Gosh right. case, yes. Check that um, out. Google that Johnny Gosh case. It's, yeah, right. Some deep shit. Um, the, the Oklahoma City bombing, that building, the Alfred E. Murrah building, was bombed because of the paperwork. That was an ATF building, and the paperwork that it would, would have implicated... Bill Clinton, who was the president at the time, and George Bush Sr. was in that building. Right? You want to hear something funny, too, is people don't realize about the connection with films, and they tell you what's going on in the movies. If you watch the X-Files movie, I don't know if you've ever seen that, uh-huh. the plot is an Oklahoma City-type bombing, and it's to cover up a conspiracy <laughs> you know like it's right. basically that right, right there so you know it, it's right. very interesting when you see it when you and then when you go back and watch that movie it, you see like a lot of parallels it's kind of cre- kind of you know like i said it's kind of creepy yeah you know yeah yeah um the the oklahoma city bombing was connected to that same program that i'm telling you about us patcon mm-hmm. right there were people that were connected to U.S. PetCon that were involved with the Centennial Olympic Park bombing that took place in 96 for the Atlanta Olympics. Right, and they just made that stupid movie. The yeah. same people were connected to the Atlanta child murders. They were connected to Ruby Ridge, mm-hmm. right? And they were connected to Waco, Texas. Right. Right, and, and it's not hard to make to, the connections if you yeah. know what to look for. They're right yeah. there in front of your face. Yeah, yeah. people, people will have to get my next book to, to fully understand this because I'm showing different films and everything else that was connected to it mm-hmm. that they show different things. But um, if have you seen the Kingsman? Mm-hmm. Have you seen the second one? I didn't see the second one. Okay. I need to check that out. Man. The second one is is the one you need to see. Mm. But 
the villain is named Poppy. She's named Miss Poppy. Mm, right? Okay. Right? Poppy Bush. Okay. George Bush was named Poppy right, Bush right, right. because George Bush set up the international infrastructure for heroin trafficking from Southeast Asia into America, as well as George Bush was in control of the cocaine that was coming into America via the Panama Canal, uh, Miami, Manuel Noriega, uh, Pablo Escobar, the Ochoa family, all of these different names that people hear throughout history, they all basically had CIA undertones to them. And And what's the guy that Tom Cruise played um, in Mena, Barry Arkansas? Seal. Barry Seal. Barry Seal. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and that tells you right there, it's CIA connected, Bill Clinton, right. Arkansas, Bill Clinton, right. you know, it's right, right there. But, you know, right. and it blows your mind if you have no idea. If you have no idea about any of this stuff, when you start seeing the connection, it it definitely blows your mind. And they were training soldiers too there and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Now, b- before we we um, before the we say good, the rebels, the Sandinista rebels in Nicaragua, which ended up being connected to the Iran Contras, mm-hmm. which ended up being connected to Freeway Ricky Ross. And Danilo Blandon and the spread of crack cocaine throughout uh, California. We got right. You got to mention that part. But and Ben, check this out though. They made that movie with Tom Cruise, right? Talking about bloodlines. Do you know the yeah. director of that film's father was like one of the prosecutors on the case? That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise and me. of course, the movie covers up a whole lot. Right. You know, it's a, too. So yeah. it, it's it, it's crazy. And, you know, and it, someone made the connection in an interview and you should the look on his face, you know, when right. he was being asked. I mean, he played it off pretty well, but his right. initial look was like, oh, I didn't expect anybody to to come up with right. that, Jim. You know, it was like during a press junket, some some right. press junket reporter made the connection and then brought it out there. And then he. While he was, you know, promoting the movie with with Tom Cruise, right. and the look on his face was like, I don't think he expected anyone to to make the connection between him and his father, but which was right. interesting. But um, um, so one of the things I would be remiss is to bring up like um, we have to talk Black about Lives Matter and yes, and, and I think it's very yeah. important to explain, and I I really feel like I I. I really feel like I want to do a documentary about this. Um, Darren Seals and those brothers who were murdered gruesomely right. and that gave birth to the Black Lives Matter movement. A lot of people have no idea about that whole history and what, what happened and right. how, you know, I mean, like, it, like once, once you start shedding that light, it puts a lot of things into pr- perspective. But, um, um, can you just kind of uh, give a? Let's start off with the um, how the uh, the Darren Seals situation first was born out of uh, over there in Ferguson. Well, this is what I'll tell the people, you know, as a disclaimer um, from the beginning. I got a sister that I'm still trying to get to talk about this, mm. and she just doesn't 
talk about it because she knew Darren. She knew the other brother that they killed, that they burned in the car. You know, um, she knew them very well. And that cat, Darren, man, he was just a good brother. He was just a young dude from the streets. And he was upset about what was happening in his hometown with the Mike Brown situation. What people need to know is that Black Lives Matter have have been trying to um, insert itself ever since the Trayvon Martin incident. You know, they have been trying to insert themselves into the community ever since that incident. And what ended up happening was with the Mike Brown situation, um, it was perfect timing because uh, there was a repeal on a um, legislation that was um, being proposed in which it was going to go against the news media being able to feed the American public propaganda and fake news. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after that, the Mike Brown incident took place. Right? And what people don't know about the whole situation with Mike Brown is that none of the people that you saw in the news media that was speaking up in Ferguson, Missouri were actually people that were from Ferguson, Missouri. They were all people that were paid infiltrators to come in and begin to push a narrative that was going to be the movement that ended up being what we see today as Black Lives Matter. You know, and um, Black Lives Matter from its very beginning was funded by George Soros. You know, um, a Jewish billionaire who basically sold out his own people. Right. If you do do the whole research on him, he sold out his own people and got a lot of his own people murdered. This is how sinister of an individual George Soros is. And he has basically destroyed whole countries. You know, and in this particular instance, um, what has come out is that a lot of the money that has been being garnered for Black Lives Matter has been going to um, Joseph Biden's uh, run for president. A lot of money went to Bernie Sanders. Um, I forget the actual name of the public relations company. You know, I had, I be posting so much stuff, bro, but it's on my page. I, you know, um, I could probably, you know, go back and get you that name and you could speak on it maybe on a later date. But there's actually a public relations firm that's connected to Black Lives Matter that when you go to their page, they have a ticker that's showing the actual amount of money that they have collected, you know, via their public relations platform. And at the time, this was last month when I looked. It was over $6 billion. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> wow. You know, this is this is the kind of money that they're collecting and they're using um, these media incidents to do it and they're using um, our emotions against us. Mm-hmm. You know. So, uh, 
with with um the whole deal with um darren and um what ended up taking place in ferguson missouri it was a means to be able to carry out a narrative in which they could always use this whole black versus white paradigm to blind us as to what's really going on in the world and right now we got a whole situation where let me pull this up while i'm talking to y'all because this is it just blew my mind when i saw it um yesterday but the uh the governor for the state of california i can't think of his name right oh now. Uh, new gavin newsom right gavin newsom is connected to a multi-billion dollar investigation that's it's, it's a multi-billion dollar investigation going into um gavin newsom and his connection with a uh company from china mm. that that makes masks <clears throat> i'm gonna pull it up real quick because when somebody sent it to me i just could not believe it it just blew my mind um but um there's a a actual investigation going into him right now and what he's been involved with he had a just, I, he had a big I, scandal when he was the mayor of San Francisco where he literally disappeared for like three days. No one knew where yeah. he was at and then just reappeared. <laughs> wow. It's like I, I I I never thought he would be able to to bounce back from that cuz it was like a big that's right. why he wasn't governor right away. He had to be lieutenant right. governor. But it's yeah, like no one ever brings that up. Let me let me see if it has the name of the company because I don't want to give any misinformation out. Um, and this is the LA Times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it says Newsom's secretive one billion dollar mass deal with Chinese automakers sparks bipartisan concern. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. Basically, this whole coronavirus pandemic is a coup d'etat mm-hmm. you know this this whole deal was basically set up to uh, create a smoke screen in a um, political climate uh, a social anarchist climate to um, get people in a mindset to where they, they would want to demand change Mm-hmm. And this is what I tell people, all the people that's paying attention, right? Joseph Biden was the vice president for eight years. Mm-hmm. In that eight-year time period, we saw Eric Garner. We saw Sandra Bland. We saw Corin Gaines. We saw Tamir Rice. We saw Trayvon Martin. We saw all of these murders. Mike Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Over and over again, we saw all of these people get killed. Joseph Biden was a church mouse. Mm-hmm. Didn't say shit. You, you didn't hear him say nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? All of a sudden, he's running for president in 2020. Right? Mm-hmm. Going to black churches we, and stuff. We demand justice for Ahmaud Arbery. And people don't see the game. Right. Right? When 
it started coming out. People like myself started exposing the whole thing about the coronavirus and how they were actually blocking off entrances to hospitals to make it look like the hospitals were overwhelmed. They were actually breaking the law. Right. It's a HIPAA violation for you to film inside of a trauma unit. Right. They were actually breaking the law, right? right. Going inside there and filming inside trauma units and all of this sort of thing. People started exposing all of this. Mm-hmm. People started exposing all of the agenda with the coronavirus, how the CDC had already created a mechanism to show people how to label people as deaths of COVID-19, even though they weren't dying of COVID-19, and that the hospital would get an extra hundred dollars to $200,000 for every death that was labeled. All of these different things started coming out, and all of the buzz from the coronavirus and all of the panic started dying. First thing they do, kill a nigga. Right. Put it in the news. Right, right. You know, and then not only did they kill Ahmad, which that was done on 223, which is 322 backwards, which is the number of the skull and bones. Mm -hmm. 322. Genesis 322, man has become like one of us to know good and evil. Mm -hmm. Right? That's the number that they use. Um, Then right after that, the whole George Floyd thing, which the George Floyd thing was a straight like that was all acting that was a masonic ritual that was taking place mm-hmm. with george floyd the tattoo on his chest is the 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 the, the tattoo of a 32nd degree mason mm-hmm. and the screaming out for for mama and all that type of stuff the the death and rebirth at 33 to become a master mason that's what that was about mm-hmm. and if you look at the cameras they're, they it was filmed on different days. Hmm. The time code on the police body cam versus the time code on the surveillance camera, it was different days, bro. Hmm. When they show when they show the different angles and they show from the back of the truck, the first initial filming where they show the the Asian guy right here in front of the camera and they're on the sidewalk and they like get off him bro why y'all doing that to him mm-hmm. when they show from the back of the truck you don't see those people over there on the sidewalk mm. wow. so there was two different cameras that was filming this simultaneously you would see the, the same thing real time of the people who were on the side walk saying why y'all doing this to him? They actually had him down there on the ground. They yelled cut, <laughs> repositioned, put a dummy down there. That was a dummy. That's why it didn't have no hair on him. If you look at the the surveillance video, George Floyd had hair when he was being arrested and he was being cuffed. When you look on the ground, he didn't have no hair. Hmm. That's, That's why was police officers came and put him on a stretcher. It wasn't paramedics. When you ever seen the paramedics not hit somebody with the EKG, do CPR and different things to try to save their life. All they did was like flip him over and did like this and then threw him on the gurney. Mm. And they had they had their guns on and everything, bro. That was law enforcement. That wasn't paramedics. Mm. You know, 
So all that, like, it's all scripted. And what people don't understand is they are taking your money, for one, and they're using your money to try to get somebody in office that's going to do you dirty and going to forget your black ass as soon as they get in office. Because mm-hmm. it's now it's right back to the agenda of what we got to do. You know, which if Joseph Biden gets in office, these charges that Hillary Clinton is facing, she's going to get pardoned from. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> tell what, people, man, if you think if you think Biden is some sort of savior, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, that that's what that's what all of this is about. Like anybody who think I'm capping or they think I'm crazy, you can't look at the two executive orders that. Donald Trump signed into law about human trafficking. Mm-hmm. When he signed the second executive order, the second executive order specifically was about going after the assets of anyone connected to human trafficking. That's when all of these CEOs start stepping down from the corporations. People don't know, man, it's, it's the child trafficking is huge and it's um and it's a network and a lot of people are involved that uh you necessarily don't um would be shocked that are involved and then when you see the connections with the the organizations that are put in place to protect children and you find out that they have pedophilic um logos and that they have connections to i mean it's it's mind-boggling and I understand for someone who has no kind of clue of what we're talking about and they hear this, it's, it's you know, it, it can be like, whoa, what do you, you know, what are you talking about? It, I don't, because I don't like the word conspiracy theory. I always say it's conspiracy fact, you know, and we, you know, if you want, re, you know, if you want re- receipts, there's a ton of them out there. But, you know, they don't even try to hide the shit. That's the crazy thing is, yeah. this stuff is not hidden. It's nope. not hidden at all. It's right in your face. But as I said to you earlier, if CNN don't tell you it's a, a thing, most people right. don't believe it unless CNN says it. Right. So, you know, like I said, I don't say to just believe anything that one person says. Do your research, you right. know, and do you, you know, look for your own, you know, uh, knowledge. But, right. you know... I just find it interesting. I was watching the basketball game. I, t- I mentioned this to you earlier in the day. And it had Black Lives Matter on the court. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, it just, you know, it's funny. Right. And, and to take it a step further by what we talked about, LeBron Sucker James. You know, <laughs> um, Bill Gates is one of the wealthiest men in the world. Is literally talking about vaccinating the whole world. And it's been talking about population control for all of these years. And you and none of these other celebrities are saying nothing, sir. Mr. Social Injustice LeBron James. But (laughs) as soon as they put the black-white paradigm back out in front of people, you you active. You running your mouth. You tweeting about it. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's sad because our people... We just like we just don't think we just get reactionary and we don't actually think about things. And we don't say to ourselves, why didn't LeBron James say anything about the BS that 
that Bill Gates was talking about. Mm-hmm. Why did like and then on top of that, all of these world class athletes that are in tip top condition and everything else, they got coronavirus. Right. Right. How much they paid you, bro? Cardi B slipped up and said it. She said, I think they getting paid to say they got coronavirus. She was like, Y'all need to pay me to say I got it. I remember that. You know, then if you notice you ain't heard shit from Cardi B since. Yeah, she she's been quiet. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And, and then we I mean it's a whole nother thing. The whole Nick Cannon thing too was is interesting. Uh, you scripted. know, right? Scripted. So it's they uh, already they already got the next show set up. It was all scripted. Yeah, yeah. Nick Cannon is is being has been accused of performing fellatio on little boys. You know what I'm saying? Like Nick Cannon is in cahoots with all these folks. That's with all this stuff that we talking about. Mm. You know, the same Orlando Brown that accused Will Smith of raping him was when he was a little boy said the same thing about Nick Cannon. I remember that, yeah. yeah. You know? It's interesting. So, it's, it's interesting, man. Um, and, and let me let me say this about that Nick Cannon situation so people understand. Mm-hmm. This is how this is how they continuously psychologically insert their dominance in popular culture. They say that if you say something about us, this is what will happen to you. Mm-hmm. Right. You no, know, pe- people need to people need to understand that psychologically what that's all about. Yeah, it definitely so, scared the heck out of people. And yeah, and one thing I have to say as something that came out of this that I uh, I feel like it definitely needs to be addressed is the the late great Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. Yes, she was an amazing person, and yes. she deserves her our respect and dignity. And she's correct. The work that she did, correct. If you don't read another book in your life, read the ISIS paper. ISIS paper, right? You know. Yep. So when they and they've been disrespecting her since her death, right? Like, they've yep. been disrespecting her left and right. Every chance they get, they disrespect uh dr francis Cress welsing but um they yeah. they do it to all of the real people like all of the legit people get disrespected in that way right and you know you know and then there's a guy i'm not gonna say his name from your area that passed away that they're you know lying in the state and all of that kind of stuff um you know i think you know what i'm talking about he was a, a polit- politician who recently died and uh uh you know, who got beat up on a bridge. <laughs> uh, John Lewis? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to say his name, but. Yeah. You know, um, you know, like, I ain't going to say anything about the man, you know, while he's, you know, he's dead. But. Right. But I just find it uh, interesting how. I don't like how they say he was great because he got his butt kicked. And that's how you should be, you know, like they make this correlation, like he got beat up and he didn't complain or anything. He actually asked for more or something like, you know, right. it's like, that's how you're supposed to be is, you know, uh, get to be controlling the narrative. Right. Controlling you know. the narrative. <laughs> it's, like, it's like there's people who did get their ass beat for black liberation, right. but 
that's right. not the end of their message. You know what I'm saying? It's not just right, the abuse. Right. It's the, right. I, it never stopped me from, you know, going and uh, fighting for my people. So, right. so, right. Uh, but you know, it is what it is, man. But you know, man, I have to thank you so much for coming on. And there's so much we always can talk about. Um, you definitely are a, a real well-rounded person. And uh, I know you, uh, once again, um, we're going to have to do a show on um, the case that you're working on and, and having that system on as well because yeah. these RICO statues, people don't understand. It was supposedly, you know, it was brought in supposedly to get the mafia and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. But it, it's, it's mainly for Pookie and them. Right. <laughs> you know, like, you know, they try to make any time when more than two black people are together, that's a RICO case. You know, and people don't understand. Like, people just have no idea. So you, you sit there and you vote for these certain law and order bills and stuff, and you are the one that they go after. One, right. one, another one is the, the rape by deception. You know about that one? No, go ahead. There's a law that says you can be charged with rape because you lied. So, like, if I'm in a nightclub and I say, you know, Shorty, I'm a... Um, I'm a doctor and I got mansions everywhere. Wow. And she take me home and sleep with me. And then she find out I ain't, you know, I live in a basement, you know, and I ain't got no money. You can have a rape charge put on you. And so many black guys are disproportionately um, hit up for that. You know, wow. you, you know, like my thing is then you shouldn't sleep with someone just because they're a doctor. <laughs> you know, then you won't have to worry about that. But yeah. You know, but choose wisely, sis. Right. <laughs> so that's another. That's a whole story. The rape by deception wow, laws. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, man. That's and crazy. then you can't use it if someone lies about what gender they are. Mm. You can't con. So someone sleeps with if you sleep with someone and they lie about what gender they are. Wow. You cannot use that to, you know, to get them. So. It's interesting how this stuff works, man. You got to be careful. So when people say vote, you know, when when they they tell you, because I used to go out and get those um, proposition. You know how they have those uh, those proposition those um, propositions and stuff. They want you to sign and all of that. I used uh -huh. to work in I used to work in politics, so I used to work, and I used to always say if it you have to read those things through and through because you think it'll be like, oh, we're we're trying to clean up the violence in our community. But then there's right. some draconian laws that will put you in, you know, make everybody a gangster, right. you know? So right. you got to be very careful what you support and what you vote for. Right. So if you want to vote, make sure you know what you vote for and don't just right. don't just vote down. Because they that's the thing Black Lives Matter be talking about is vote down. Vote the Democratic ticket down. So whatever they, you know, uh, which is stupid. If you're a Republican, you shouldn't do it either. If you're independent, why would you just because they send you a paper and they tell you what to vote for, you know, you don't know what you're voting for or if that's in your best interest. So, right. You right. definitely. Um, and then they also say that some will say, well, don't forget about the national. The local is different. Local is just like the national in a lot of ways, too. They are all from the same pot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. so by, by the time, by the time somebody gets to like a mayoral level. Mm hmm. It's over with already. Right. They're part of the... Once they get past, like, county aldermen or some shit like that, <laughs> it's over, Jack. They're part of the system, and they're vetted. Yeah, they done... 
they done sold they sold you know they done did backflips they probably done did some some weird sex stuff and everything bro <laughs> yeah so it's good to know man so yeah. uh, so how can we get you in social media what should we be on the lookout for you because i know you, you you do um it's not a um you don't have like a schedule you just kind of go on when you when you uh feel like it right pretty much mm-hmm. um i you know it's it's always organic for me um but like what's good now is i do stream yards so i'm able to stream simultaneously from my youtube platform as well as my facebook page and and if, um, and if you're in the atlanta area and you want to work on your hands are you available I'm not in Atlanta. I'm in I'm in Southeast Georgia right now. But oh, okay. The, All right. the plan the plan is to be back in Atlanta real soon. Okay, but uh, are you are you are you taking more clients and stuff? Yeah. Well, when I when I get back when I get back really fully functioning, I want to open my own gym in Atlanta. So nice. that's the goal, really. Nice, man. You know. So. Um, Right now, with the the music coming out, I, I I dropped my first single on um August the first on all streaming platforms. It's called Columinati, um, and basically it's gonna be a real serious, aggressive political message about what's going on in the world today. Love it, you know. And um from that from that point, also um getting ready to do some very very uh, groundbreaking things with the Wayne Williams case. Uh, finally, you know, the nail in the coffin of all the lies is about to come, you know. And when I tell you we have extensive proof of the government conspiracy against Wayne Williams, we have extensive proof from the lie about the carpet evidence, um, fingerprint analysis, voice analysis, handwriting, everything that proves that Beyond of a shadow without the he was set up and he was not the killer. Mm-hmm. So um, from that point, you know, pretty much I'll be um, getting back focused on the other things that, you know, I want to do versus, uh, you know, the life that I basically the last seven years of my life that I've devoted mm-hmm. to getting this knucklehead out of prison. <laughs> right. You know. you know, did you see the HBO series about? about it yeah i was supposed to be one of the uh i was supposed to be a consultant Mm -hmm. or a co-producer from the hbo series and again show people how the process of usurping people takes place to give people a false narrative in 2015 myself wayne and uh, another person that was on the Freedom Project was contacted by a guy named Matt Duff. Matt Duff was, well, is a producer that was working um, for a production house um, in L.A. And we entered, I entered into a agreement with him to help do this documentary series. Um, we shopped it to everybody, Netflix, Amazon, you name it. The only people who bought on it was HBO, who bid on it. Mm-hmm. They came back, they said, we want a name director and we want a celebrity to be involved. So we we ended up, I don't want to say the celebrity, the, the director's name, because uh, I don't want to pull him into this, but 
we came back. He said, okay, he'll do it. It was a very well-known director. Then we got John Legend. Right? Mm -hmm. So when that happened, I was already telling Wayne and I was telling everybody involved, I don't know how this is going to work because folk and his wife done been, because I've been hearing things for years about Chrissy and John Legend and their involvement with pedophilia and all of these different things. So um, I uh, ended up having to take a meeting with a woman named Kelly Buchanan. Um, in which I was supposed to meet with her for 30 minutes. We met for two hours. After that, John Legend was supposedly on board. 2018, we are getting ready to go to the table to negotiate, you know, how much money we're going to get for a budget and everything to do this documentary series with HBO. And boom, uh, a fork in the road comes along, and now all of a sudden Jay-Z's involved. Mm. Right? Then the next thing we know, the person who we're entered into the agreement with, Matt, gets told that he has to step down. Mm. And another production company is uh, involved under the direction of Jay-Z. And basically, he's muscled off the project and he has to sign a release or else. Mm. Then the next thing I know... I'm getting contacted, and when I get contacted, the producer now for the show says, Oh, Dwayne, it's an honor to meet you. I've been following your work for three years. Wow. So they've been following my progress on the Wayne Williams Freedom Project and me making um, the public aware of Wayne's innocence for three years. And they basically came in and tried to offer me peanuts. And the only reason they was trying to offer me peanuts to do an interview with them is because truthfully they wanted a new interview with Wayne mm -hmm. and they wouldn't agree to our terms so we ended up not being involved with it mm -hmm. you know but I mean there's a lot of whole whole lot of nuances and a whole bunch of different things that took place and a whole bunch of gatekeeper type stuff that has really happened in the midst of all of that that you know, I don't really want to talk about, but just for the sake of the conversation to let people know, like, this is the type of stuff that happens all the time. You know, it's just fortunate for Wayne. Um, I'm not the bend and fold type of dude. Mm -hmm. And I done got death threats and everything else. And I'm from the streets. So I, I done lived through all that. And I'm from, I'm cut from the cloth. If you tell me you're going to kill me, well, nigga, when you see me, kill me. Because don't think I'm just going to let you kill me. Right. You know, so whatever you say you're going to do, you got to do it. You know, so um, fortunately, because I've continued, more people have reached out to me that were basically sitting in the stands rooting for me. And they like, man, this is BS what happened. This is what I can help you do. And this is what I can help you do. So now all of the dots are starting to connect and the stars are starting to align and you know real soon um everybody can look forward to a whole lot coming out that's going to be very very um um how could i say it uh revolutionary <laughs> as far as what's about to happen with um not only a look into this case but 
a look into the criminal justice system and the prison industrial complex as a whole. That's great, man. I'm, yeah. I'm so happy, man. Uh, yeah. All right. So once again, uh, uh, how can we, we and, connect with you? And I appreciate, I appreciate y'all too, man, for giving me the opportunity to come and to discuss things, you know, on you guys' platform. Um, because for somebody like myself, it's, it's, it's very hard for people to understand how much um, I've had to go up against and how many people have been placed in the way. Payne Lindsay, Will Packer, Jay-Z, John Legend. Like, I could just go on and on and on about, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you, man. And once again, how can we get in contact with you again? Are you on, so- you're on social media, right? Yep. So, I'm on... Uh, I'm on Instagram as uh, Red Pill Gang ninety nine. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't even think I'm following you on Instagram. Let me see, Red Pill. Yeah. Yeah, Red Pill Gang ninety nine. Um, then I'm on Facebook as Dwayne Hendricks D E W A Y N E Hendricks H E N D R I X. And then. Um, I'm on YouTube as uh, Kaba Ib Atunre. That's K A B A I B A T U N R E. Kaba Ib Atunre. All right. I got it. the spirit, the spirit, the soul, and the heart of the undifferentiated one. All right. I love it. Um, you guys can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And, uh, of course, the website is IndyRadio.org. This IndyRadio.org. And uh, Dr. Vibe, how can we get you? Uh-oh, you're... Best muted. way to reach me at my website, the... So, I'm here. Mm-hmm, you're the D-R-V-I-B-E-S-H-O-W dot com. All right. 